hidden headlines, faith and family in the news, your weekly update for the stories the secular media will not cover. I'm Brian Sussman. I've got a handful of stories that I think you're going to find fascinating and hopefully even inspirational in some cases, like this one, Indonesia. Of course, as you know, they had the big earthquake on September 28th, devastating earthquake. There was a pilot for Batik Air. He was flying from Palu, carrying 140 passengers on his way to Jakarta. Now, he had just stopped in Palau, so he does island hopping with a plane carrying 140 passengers. Devout Christian man lands his plane after having been singing worship songs behind the stick. In fact, he has a Muslim co-pilot who jokingly said, I think you should make a CD of those worship songs. The pilot, his name is Ekozi Mafella. Captain Mafella says he oftentimes hums worship songs, but doesn't usually sing them aloud. He was singing them aloud because... He felt the Spirit of God was moving in his heart, and he felt as if something was going to happen, but he didn't know what. And he was so concerned about this feeling he was having that he was literally singing worship songs in the cockpit aloud with his Muslim co-pilot right next to him. He lands the plane in Palu. Now they're about to take off for Jakarta. While on the ground, the Spirit of God, the Ruach HaKodesh in Hebrew, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, if you will, speaks to his heart. Now, listen, some of you listening, thinking, yeah, the Spirit of God speaks to your heart, but some of you who have decided to follow Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, if you will, Jesus Christ, uh, you know how this works. When you give your heart to him, he infuses you with his spirit. Suddenly the spirit becomes your guide. And I know this voice he's talking about. I've experienced it myself, and many of you have as well. Although not in this situation, because I've never flown a plane before. And I guarantee you never will. I respect these pilots a lot. So they land, and now he feels this, this inclination to just take off, like, quick, really fast. Guys, we've got to get out of here. We've got to move to Jakarta. He contacts the air controller, a guy named Anthonius Angung and requests being able to depart a few minutes early. He gets the green light from the control tower. They leave three minutes early. As he's going down the runway, getting ready to take off, again, he feels the Holy Spirit telling him to go faster. I don't know what the usual takeoff speed is, but he was going to exceed that usual takeoff speed. So now he's leaving the airport early, going faster than he should. And just as the plane's wheels take off from the runway, the earthquake hits. This massive earthquake began to strike Palu. The runway is moving up and down like it's waves on the sea. They take off. They're fine. The control tower actually collapsed. The gentleman he was talking to in the control tower perished. But this guy was able to get that plane up into the sky with all 140 passengers aboard just fine. Had they not left at that moment, it likely would have been disaster. Okay, that's a story of the strange and mysterious ways of God. And that's also a story, if you know him, if you know him, keep your ears open to his spirit, because he does talk to those who know him. So the city of San Antonio has given up. 
They've given up on their ill-fated bid to prosecute a street preacher for preaching an Easter sermon on their an Easter sermon on their public streets. Jeffrey Warner is the guy in question. He's the street preacher. He frequently travels to different cities in Texas to preach the gospel on public sidewalks. But he always follows the local rules and always follows the local regulations. So this is during Easter weekend. He was in San Antonio in the business district and was preaching with a small amplifier, being careful to follow the noise limits set by the city. Law enforcement swarm him, arrest him, order him to court on their claim of a noise ordinance violation. So he ends up lawyering up with the Pacific Justice Foundation, a fantastic organization led by Brad Dacus. I've met Brad on many occasions, Brad on many occasions, and they do tremendous work. Pacificjustice.org is their website. So they were preparing to go to trial. They had submitted their briefs, and oh, lo and behold, the city of San Antonio dropped the case. Well, they know, or at least they learned that Pacific Justice, very fine attorneys, very fine attorneys. The argument that was made by Jeffrey Warner and his attorney, Brad Dacus, of the Pacific Justice Foundation was the fact that there were no specific laws on the book that Jeffrey Warner uh, disobeyed doing his street preaching. Now, listen, I know some of you probably think street preaching is really obnoxious. Um, and depending on the preacher, it can be really obnoxious. In fact, most of the street preachers I've ever seen were, were obnoxious and uh, not scripturally based. But occasionally you do see one who's very, very good at what they do. And uh, they're able to communicate in an effective and thoughtful manner. And occasionally people listen. I remember there was a time, the free speech movement in the late 60s, which was, I was a little too young for that, and the early 70s, about the time I was coming of age. And uh, there were street preachers everywhere. I mean, People on one corner would be preaching communism. On the next corner, they'd be preaching socialism. On this corner, they'd be preaching Zen Buddhism. And over here, they'd be preaching uh, Christianity. And that was a time where people were willing to listen to a multitude of viewpoints. And if you wanted to argue, you could argue. And if you wanted to listen and take notes, you could listen and take notes. But a lot of people took notes in their hearts with the Christian preachers from back in that day. And there was fruit. So... My thing is, if you're not violating the law, fine. But if you want to preach on a corner as a Christian, just do so with dignity, do so with respect, and do so with keeping an ear to the Holy Spirit, much like that pilot, right, in the first story we talked about on this week's Hidden Headlines. Interesting article here from World Net Daily. It's written by Bill Federer, who's a tremendous columnist. It's entitled, There's a Reason Soldiers Receive Bibles. This was all new to me. I thought I'd share it with you on Hidden Headlines today. During World War I, the thousands of American soldiers heading to France and Belgium were given pocket Bibles with the foreword written by President Woodrow Wilson. This is 1917. Here's what he wrote. The Bible is the word of life. I beg that you will read it and find this out for yourselves. Read, not little snatches here and there, but long passages that will really be the road to the heart of it. You will find it full of real men and women, not only, but also of the things you have wondered about and been troubled about all your life, as men always have been. And the more you read, the more it will become plain to you what things are worth 
and what things are worthwhile and what things are not. What things make men happy? Loyalty, right dealing, speaking the truth, readiness to give everything for what they think their duty, and most of all, the wish that they may have the approval of Christ who gave everything for them. And the things that are guaranteed to make men unhappy, selfishness, cowardice, greed, and everything that is low and mean. When you have read the Bible, you will know it is the Word of God because you will have found in it the key to your own heart, your own happiness, and your own duty. And that was signed by Woodrow Wilson. My goodness. Wonderful words from a president of the United States of America, 1917. And finally, on Hidden Headlines, I love this story. This is a young employee working for Chick-fil-A in Georgia. Levi Jones is his name, 18. He is, what a kid. So there is a man named Walter who apparently was sitting in front of a tree outside of the restaurant. And young Levi felt led by God to talk to him. So Levi says, I asked him how he was doing and if I could get him any food. And then I noticed he didn't have any shoes on his feet. So he brought the man some food. This was food he paid for out of his own pocket at the Chick-fil-A where he works. And then he felt led to give Walter his shoes. But he wondered for a moment whether or not the shoes would fit. Young Levi Jones said, well, if God's putting this on my heart to give this man my shoes, then I know they're going to fit. So sure enough, he takes off his shoes. They are the perfect size for this guy. Now he walks back into the restaurant. (laughs) He doesn't have any shoes on. His manager gave him a spare pair that he had. They were four sizes too big, (laughs) but young Levi Jones didn't complain. So other employees are talking about this youngster, Levi Jones, 18, young man. And say, no, this is the way he rolls. This is the way this kid operates. Uh, He recently paid for a family's meal with his own debit card after the woman's card wouldn't go through. Another time, he wrapped his arms around another woman and children and prayed for them. So this uh, this is a remarkable kid. This kid is an example to us all. Levi Jones, way to go. You're going to grow up to be a great man. By the way, if I could just give you one little, one little word of advice that I think you'll find to be very, very encouraging. I'm in San Francisco. We have a homeless problem like you wouldn't believe. The homeless are everywhere. Um, And occasionally I will meet a homeless person on the street. God will put it on my heart to go up and, and engage in a short conversation. I generally speaking, never give people money. What I prefer to do is say, would you like some food? And Literally, I will go into, if they're outside of a a restaurant or if they're outside of a grocery store, and I perceive that this person is, you know, is is safe and is not a scammer Um, and for whatever reason just finds themselves homeless. I'll go into the store. I'll go into the restaurant and buy them something. I'll I'll actually take their order. What would you like? Um, But there's something else that I'm I'm in the habit of doing now. Uh, If I'm... If I have my backpack or I have my briefcase with me, I keep some some spare socks, some spare socks, because homeless people love, have, believe it or not, it's not the shoes, it's the socks. Most of them do have shoes and they don't fit properly, 
But nonetheless, they need, look at, they're walking around all day long. They go for who knows how many days or weeks at a time with the same socks on, right? They need clean socks. Doesn't have to be fancy. Just carry some socks around in your backpack. You see a homeless person, God puts it on your heart, give them a pair of socks. And that's my word of advice for hidden headlines during this week in October, the week beginning Monday, October 8th. Some of the stories that I've found fascinating, and I hope you have as well. I'm Brian Sussman. Thanks for joining me. Hidden Headlines.